Hey, everybody, it's Terry McDougall with Marketing Mambo. And boy, do I have a treat for you today. My guest is Whitney Mendoza. She's a founding partner at Liger Partners, which is a full service marketing agency in Atlanta. And she's here to talk to us today about social media marketing and how you can use podcasting to be really effective from a marketing standpoint. So of course, as a podcaster myself and a frequent podcast guest on other people's podcasts, I was very interested to hear what she had to say, and I hope you will be too. So if you're a loyal listener to Marketing Mambo, I have a favor to ask you. Will you please go out to whatever your platform is, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you listen to Marketing Mambo on, and give us an honest review. And also subscribe and share Marketing Mambo with your friends that might be interested in hearing some of the fascinating conversations that I am honored to have with some of the smartest people in the world of marketing. That will help us build more of a listenership and share these smart people's ideas and insights with more and more people. So I'd appreciate it if you would take some time to do that. And now without further ado, let the Mambo begin. Welcome to Marketing Mambo with your host, Terry McDougall. It's the fun and fast podcast where we cha-cha-chat with marketing movers and shakers from around the globe. Hey, Whitney. Great to have you with us today. How are you? No, I'm great, Terry. How are you? Thanks for inviting me on. Well, I had so much fun being on your podcast, The Jungle, a couple weeks ago that I wanted to return the favor and have you on Marketing Mambo. So would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your company, Liger Partners? Yeah. So I am managing partner with Liger Partners, and we like to call ourselves a firm. We really are partners together, both in business, and we partner with our clients. We are based out of Atlanta and we're really marketing as a service. So we do all the things from social media, website design, PR, and we really like to come in and be an extension of your marketing team where we really get to know you, do a discovery session, also a roar analysis, as we like to call it, where we look <laughs> at your reality all the way up to results and aspirations and things like that. And so we really are a do-it-for-you model where we like to be the author, pass it back to our clients, and they're simply the editor providing feedback to us. And uh, we take that off of their plate. So they're still very much involved, but it's marketing is a necessity. It's something that must be done. And a lot of business owners just simply don't have time to do it themselves. And so we're that extra arm for them. Oh, yeah, that's great. And certainly over my career, I've had some really hand-in-glove relationships with agencies. And that is so incredibly valuable to be able to have that sort of extension of people that are real experts to help position in the marketplace and so forth. So tell me, how did you get started in the marketing field? Oh, 
So if I go all the way back to my original inspiration when I was in college, it's funny because I went in as a business major (laughs) and came out as a marketing major and still ended up starting a business, but actually did a presentation and the professor thought it was good enough that he inspired me to submit it to a contest that was happening at the school. I did not win. But it did uncover my passion for the field. And ever since then, I just got really involved in everything I could from societies, going on trips, participating in events. And then I dived into radio, worked at the college radio station, doing shows and things like that, really on the back end producing every now and then the the host would ask me a question. I would get to chime in, but really the creative aspects on the end of adding the music, playing with mic levels post-production of the shows and things like that. Yeah. And so now you help people with their podcasts. So isn't it funny? I was talking with somebody yesterday about how everything that's old is new again, you know, because really (laughs) podcasts are just basically radio programs that we're listening to on our phones. So it's so interesting. Yeah. When, so radio is a large part of what catapulted the business for us. So I met my husband at the radio station that we were working at, both out of college. And Facebook Live was this new thing. So we were working at a radio station. He became producer. I moved into more of a social media role. And this was back when you had to purchase equipment if you wanted to do Facebook Live. You couldn't just pull out your phone, hold it in front of you, and hit one button, right? You had to invest in equipment in order to do this. And so my husband's quite the visionary, and he said, you know what? One day, radio's going to kind of be a little bit extinct. It's going to mm-hmm. be you know, a rare art form. And the shows, they're already here. They're in person. You're getting the audio. Why don't we go ahead and get video? And we're broadcasting over airways. We should be broadcasting on Facebook and places like that. And so the radio station did that, but it was all of our backing, right? It was our equipment. It was our backing. And the other thing that we discovered in that is people were moving to a more on-demand society community, right? Like your favorite radio show comes on at a particular time every day. But what we found is, of course, as you could record and put it out on other places like iTunes and things like that, people were more and more going back after the show was live and listening to it when they wanted to. And podcasting just took that to the next level, right? Anyone can really podcast. You don't have to have a bunch of money to pay for studio time and a producer at a radio station. And that was, if I could call it the final cherry on the cake that really helped us decide that we needed to leave the radio station and start our own company. So we would have more flexibility to be able to do that and take our clients to the next level with that. So that's what we discovered. I mean, the market will tell you what it wants. And that's what we really started to discover as we started our business was that people wanted to be able to be more flexible with their schedules, but also reach their audience when their audience was available. And we all want to listen to what we want to listen to when we want to listen to it. Yeah, it sounds like your husband was pretty visionary about looking down the road and saying, hey, I see things changing up ahead. (laughs) 
Yes. And it to- totally makes sense, right? When you think about how Netflix and all of the streaming television has, it's just trained us to be able to be like, why well, I can't watch my show when it comes on live. So I'll watch it or the DVRs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I very rarely watch live television and actually only listen to whatever's on the radio when I get in. But podcasting and audio content is very different, right? What do you think about the difference in how people consume audio content and video content if there is one? There's a little bit of a difference because from the entertainment aspect, we do want to be entertained. But what we've also found is because we'll get questions like, well, do I really need to do video? And so our response is, well, for one, if you're already going to sit down, take the time to record the audio, why not, right? Why not record Mm -hmm. video? It's going to give you that extra layer that you can use in different places. So you can take the audio, put it on iTunes or Mm -hmm. your podcast platform of choice, but then you can also utilize that video on places like LinkedIn and Facebook. And even though it is a video aspect, what's interesting is people will still pull up and have Facebook open on a tab at work and will listen to it that way. So they may not sit there and watch it for 20 to 30 minutes, but because it's on their laptop and easily accessible, they've just got it open in a tab, they'll play something and they're listening to it in the background. So it's a little bit different, but it's also kind of the same where we just want something to be passive and we are listening to it, but we're often doing other things, which I think further points to where we are in the realm of time, right? As far as like how we are as a society. I mean, people listen to podcasts on a run or in their car. I listen to my favorite ones when I'm up in the morning getting ready and drinking my coffee. And so it further speaks to, we just want to be able to consume it where we want to, when we want to. Yeah. Kind of the multitasking society that we are. Although, you know, one of the things I think is kind of interesting when you were talking, I heard that same thing from somebody yesterday, we were talking on a similar topic and, and he was talking about how a lot of podcasts will put their content up on YouTube. And I was actually on one recently where they did that and they didn't even use the video, right? They just had sort of like a thumbnail, you know, illustration with the photos there that people could listen to it. And there was an image to see who's talking, but it wasn't a live video image. I remember when I was a kid, you know, long before the internet, and you'd listen to the radio and these DJs had such great voices. But then if you ever went to an event where they were there, you're like, oh, yeah, you've got a face for radio. (laughs) Right? There's a reason, right? Right. Because they often looked so different than what they sounded like, uh, you know, movie leading man on the radio, and then you see them and they look different. I wonder if part of the reason why people enjoy listening to the content that's on Facebook is because they can tune in and they can see like, who are these people? They can see the person, right? And they can see them talking and they kind of know them better. And then once they know them, it's kind of like, okay, I can just listen to you now because I know who you are. I kind of get a feel for who you are from seeing you. Yeah. And the other two benefits of that is we've also seen where products-based companies will do their podcast in that way on video because they can do demos, right? Like Mm -hmm. they can actually walk you through how a certain product works. The other great thing of using video, again, even if it's audio and you're just putting a, a graphic overlay, is the scroll factor, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to scroll 
and something pop up in your feed, be it based on a search you've been engaging in, or maybe if you're connected with someone who commented on the post and then it popped up in your feed. I mean, our phones are listening. And so if there's something you want to know more about, or maybe you've been talking about it, it's going to play into the algorithms and show you that information that you're looking for. So again, that's another way where most times if you pull out your phone and you're going to go to iTunes, you're searching for a particular podcast, but being in places like YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, it's easier to pop up into feeds just from a scroll. And that way, you know, you're reaching a new audience. You know, it's interesting. I love what you're talking about with using the video. I'm not doing that right now. And I actually made a conscious decision with my podcast not to do it because I'm doing everything myself right now. And I was just like, okay, I just don't need to have that guilt factor (laughs) that I'm not leveraging all of the content that I have. But you know, I I think that there are so many ways that you can curate the content in terms of you know downloading the transcript and making it into snackable content and all kinds of things. Can you speak a little bit to that? Is that something that you do with your clients, with your agency? Yeah, yeah, it is. So again, if you figure a a typical podcast is 20 to 30 minutes to really cover a topic, we do like to cut that up into little clips and promote it, uh, use this as a way to drive others back to the podcast. It also gives you a reason for listening, right? You have so many podcast options and you want to know the highlight. Before I dive in and commit my 30 minutes to listen to this particular episode, I want to understand exactly what I'm going to learn at the end of that 30 minutes. And so that gives listeners a little sneak peek into what they're going to hear when they tune into that podcast. So yes, it is a way to give a nice little preview of what's coming up on that particular episode. But it's a great content piece as well, right? If you are putting the full audio somewhere, uh, even on your website, things like that, to use that clip to be able to drive people people from social media or from that external platform back to your website so they can Mm -hmm. download the full episode. That's so cool. I presume that your agency is a full service marketing agency. Is that true? Yes. Okay. How does podcasting fit into the overall marketing strategies that you would recommend to your clients? Yeah. So I'll focus on two main reasons why you would want to start a podcast. For some, it may be they want to just make connections. Podcasting is an easy way to invite either potential customers on, customers that have used your product or service and they love it, or maybe you're trying to get the foot in the door to somewhere new, right? Because it's really a neutral setting. I'm just going to invite you in. I just want to talk about your business. And a lot of times, extra things are revealed in that conversation, especially if it's a prospect and you ask them certain questions about their business, they're going to reveal why they need you without even realizing (laughs) that Uh they're revealing that information. We often suggest a podcast in lieu of like a case study or something like that as well, right? Because a case study sometimes requires some legal things that you have to sign or get agreements and things like that to do Mm -hmm. a case study where if you're just simply having a conversation about something and that person, you know, shares the information, it's a little bit different. It's easier to get that, that information out. And the other is to create content and provide education about a product or service to drive more sales, right? You are the expert in that field. And so there is something to be said about you having a podcast talking about a particular topic, right? Like my goal with having a podcast about marketing and and business owners and why you should go about that. 
that is setting me apart as we got a train coming. <laughs> so we may have to edit that part. <laughs> I've heard that the train gets really loud. So, and I'm sitting over here by it, but me being an expert in, in that field, it just sets me apart. It's a way to set me apart. I had everything from cats meowing to dog barking. Now I've had a train. Well, we were in the strategy session and because they're also right near the airport. And so we kept hearing that. And then they were like, oh, wait till the train comes through. Because they're like, every time they're on a Zoom call and they have to wait until it passes. So we might be past the worst of it. But one of the things I noticed on your your LinkedIn profile is that you're the producer for, I'm, I guess it's a podcast called The Workplace Therapist. Yes. Right? That This is so funny because I'm not a therapist, but I am an executive and career coach. And I've had more than one of my clients say, I told my wife or my husband that I was going to talk to my work therapist today. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Is that, is that yours or is that one of your clients that you did? Yes. So this, that is one of our clients, Brandon Smith. He is the workplace therapist. Uh, and that is his show of the same name, the workplace therapist show. And we met him in radio. So we've known him at least seven years. And it's funny that you say that, Terry, because my husband in the business with me is one of the producers. So he produces the show for Brandon as well. And we're all the time saying that to one another, like, well, Brandon said this and we're not doing it. So yes, you can use that both in the a personal life and your work life. But he talks everything from work-life balance to candor and having difficult conversations to more productivity and managing our time. He will take it from the C-suite all the way down to teams and managers and individuals. So yeah, it's a great show. He's one of our favorites and we've worked with him for quite a long time. So oh, the name of that, I was like, oh man, I need to ask Whitney about that. Yes. Uh, so that's cool. So another question that I have for you is, why did you call your company Liger Partners? Ooh, okay. So this really dives into back when we first started. And so Isaac and I, when we left the radio station and started our business, we called it Briller Media. So in Spanish, it's Briar which means to shine. And that was our company. And we really focused on the execution. So the video recording, social media, ad campaigns, things like that. And a gentleman by the name of Eric Holtzclaw that we met at the radio station as well, he had the strategy side of the business. So he also had a marketing company, but he would really come in and focus on the strategy that other companies should do. So we really had this symbiotic relationship for about four years where he would do the strategy, bring us in to do the execution piece against that. And we would do the same for him. If we had somebody come to us and they were like, we know we need social media, we'd be like, great, but what is your goal? What are the challenges that you're seeing? What do you want to be known for, right? Like it's more than just posting about what you had for lunch today. (laughs) There's some strategy behind it. So we would invite him in to come and speak with them. And we decided at the end of 2019 to bring both of our businesses together. And we wanted to come up with a fun name. So all the partners got on uh, a Zoom call one night and we were throwing a bunch of names out there. And we said, you know, what's the opposite of a unicorn, right? And we, what we consider a unicorn. It's not a, a, a magical startup or a successful startup. What we consider a unicorn is actually one person who says they can do all the marketing things. And that's what a lot of companies think that they are looking for, right? They want one person to be able to do 
design logos and do ads and graphics, write a press release, update your website, do your social media, get earned media placement. And that person just doesn't exist. So we came upon Liger and the inspiration from it did come from the movie Napoleon Dynamite. And a Liger is this combination of a lion and a tiger. We were a combination of our business, Briller, and Eric's business, which was Laddering Works. And we also married together both the strategy and the execution. So we had a bunch of twos there that we brought together, and thus Liger was born. Interesting. <laughs> Unlike the unicorn, I think there are actually Ligers out there. Yes. Yeah. Ligers are real. That's a great point. <laughs> Unicorns don't exist, but Ligers are real animals. Yes. They're really big cats. That's so cool. I, I like that. And I also like what you did with your podcast, The Jungle, right? Yes. It's like how you carried the theme through. That's that's really fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, what are some of the, the cool trends or things that you see on the horizon? So whether we all like it or not, uh, TikTok is a thing and it's a big thing. And now is a really good time to capitalize on it because it is still relatively new, but it is also relatively easy to go viral. And you can, because on the surface, when you hear TikTok, you probably hear about like the dances, right? Like everybody does the dance and then that's how they blow up. And you're like, what does that have to do with me? But you can go viral in your field if you find the right way and the right thing to do that. So as an example, one of my real good friends and her husband, Heidi and Mike, that we met at the radio station, they left and started their own business too. But they went into voiceover, right? So they already had this history in radio. And so they went out and started their own voiceover studio where they actually teach others how to do commercials and things like that. And Heidi got on, there was a voiceover challenge that was going around TikTok that she participated in. And it was essentially this gentleman that came on, gave a script and then the tone of your voice, right? So sexy or uplifting or quiet. And you had to read the script in that voice. The last time I checked, she had 15 million views. Wow. So look that up. Which So their Atlanta voiceover studio, which then blew up all their other videos because she didn't even have that many yet. They, I mean, their TikTok account was fairly new. It expanded to all the other videos. Now, not necessarily all the other videos got 15 million views, but like 60,000 views is still really good. And so that drums up interest in their business. They can do it virtual. There's classes that you can join virtually and you still can come in person in Atlanta. And I say that's all it took, but that's really all it took is she found that video that had something to do with her business, participated in it, and then boom, their business is is overloaded with inquiries and people joining up to sign up for their classes. So eyeballs, right? Yes. Break the website. (laughs) That's that could be a good problem to have. Yeah. What about Clubhouse? What are your thoughts on that? I've heard about it and I want to dabble in it further before I make a decision about it. Even with TikTok, I 
was more of a consumer of the content before I started posting things myself, right? I was watching and learning, okay, what are some things that work? What doesn't work so well? How can I turn this into something that's beneficial to me? We're like, yeah, cool. That'd be awesome if a video went viral, but I want it to go viral for all the right reasons, right? I want it to, I want to be viral in the thing that I want to be known for, which is marketing. I, I want to be seen as that type of thought leader. So what are some ways that I can possibly take a trend and turn it and use it to my advantage. So Clubhouse, I, I, my jury is still out on that one, but we, we've gotten a lot of questions about it and, and it's starting to get on the rise there of new social accounts too. And, and even Quora, if you use it, it's really a platform where you can go in and ask any sort of question. I mean, think of a topic and you can probably go in and ask a question about it. And you can become Quora famous saying we had a client that was in the military kind of government space. They did a lot of special GPS equipment and tracking and things like that. And so that was a very niche product. But we got him upwards of 16,000 impressions just on Quora alone where people, it was, you know, again, a very specific audience, but that's okay because that was his audience. That's who he wanted to target. And so he was uh, what we would call Quora famous. So you don't hear a lot of people talk about it, but it's a thing. I've actually contributed answers. I haven't really asked a lot of questions, but I like to go through there. And, and I mean, there you're absolutely right about people ask all kinds of questions across the entire globe. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like me to ask you? We were first kind of talking about this and diving into it and going through the topic of marketing. And then we got on to starting our business and things like that. And something that we globbed onto was like, there's no overnight success, right? And I say that both in business, but also when you are doing marketing, right? So if you post one video on TikTok, one tweet, one article on LinkedIn, and you give up, <laughs> you've cut yourself short, right? There are no overnight success. And that's really why it's called a strategy. It's a long-term play where you have to invest in that platform and keep it going. It's marketing. It's the same with business. You know, I shared with you that when my husband and I first started, don't tell our landlord, we had a fold-out couch and we had a little kitchenette and we would sleep in the studio overnight because we had so much going on <laughs> and we were, we were trying to build it. And for the longest, it was just Isaac and I bootstrapping the business and we got a gym membership to Planet Fitness so we could take showers. <laughs> we stayed taking showers, but that was the, the investment that it required to get started. And so that's just something to know up front. Uh, you know, and that's really anything you do. Think of playing guitar, right? You don't have to be a guitar aficionado to know that when you start to learn to play, your fingers are going to be bloody when you first start, right? Because there, you've got to build up the calluses on your hand and then the, your hands are strong and the calluses go away and the tips of your fingers just remain strong as long as you continue to play. That's just, that's the name of the game. You have to realize that before you go in that it is an investment. And e even if you outsource to marketing, you know, if you outsource to us or, or another firm, that's an investment that you're making that you need to put into your business to take it to the next level and reach new customers. So sage advice, because really with marketing and with business, consistency is key, right? It's really dialing in on what is that goal and then just taking that consistent action 
towards the goal. You know, sometimes you're going to have things that don't work, but you just kind of get up and you recalibrate and you keep going. Yeah. And it it sounds really scary. And there are times when it is, right? Like there are times where you're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make this work? Or are we crazy because we're (laughs) sleeping at the studio? But again, the market will tell you where it wants you to go. So if you're thinking about starting a business, do the thing that you want to do before you leave the thing that you're currently doing. So you know, test it out, see who's interested, see how many bites you get. And the market will tell you if you get five, 10, 15, 20 clients, and you literally can't keep up with your day job and your side hustle at night, then you'll know you need to leave and and strike out on your own. Again, same thing with marketing. You can look at the history and it will tell you what worked and what didn't. So at least you have a base and you're just not jumping off the diving board into the deep end all of a sudden, right? As long as you're consuming and gathering ideas, that gives you that foundation and that footing that you need to get started. That's great advice. And it also makes me think about sometimes people might feel compelled because there are so many social media channels to try to be in all of them. Yeah. And what's your advice about that? If somebody's just starting off using social media as one of their marketing channels, what would you advise them? Yeah. I'd recommend being on at least two to three. And depending on what business you are, that should guide which platforms you are on, right? So for example, a real clear answer is if you're B2B based, you're going to want to be on LinkedIn for sure. If you are product visual based, Instagram is a really great place to start. But you do want to be on at least two to three because for one, platforms go away, right? Like who's on MySpace? MySpace, I think it still exists, actually. I couldn't tell you anybody who's on it or, or what it looks like these days, but they've fallen out of favor. When we first started our business, Twitter was the thing. Twitter was the main thing. And now LinkedIn, right? I feel like has really replaced Twitter. Again, depending on what industry you're in, but if you're on a platform and then that platform dies essentially, and you were nowhere else to be found, then you're almost starting completely over, right? If you're late to the game on that particular platform, then you've got to start from scratch. It doesn't matter if you had a million followers on Twitter when you know TikTok came out, you were starting from zero. So it's a good idea to be in multiple places at one. Just starting out two or three, there are going to be accounts out there that just aren't as relevant, right? Again, and this is where working with another individual, if it's not a, a firm per se, but if you have a true trusted kind of confidant or someone in that inner circle to send ideas back and forth, there is a lady on TikTok that I watched that she cleans homes. She goes in, she cleans homes, she's on TikTok. And you would think, how can you make that interesting? But she shares all these insider secrets that she does to get rid of like hard water stains and spills in the carpet when we're all like struggling going, oh my gosh, I can't get this stain out. Yeah, and then she's like got these huge homes and she cleans them in less time than I feel like I clean my kitchen. 
And so she's really taking it and made it interesting. You know, I would say the same thing, like my mind went to like an accountant or a plumber and you're like, well, I don't know how to put this on TikTok. Well, if, if you're comfortable in front of the camera and you have that creativity where you can think about how can I position it in this way, then be on TikTok. But if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, you know, do things like Facebook and LinkedIn. There are businesses and business owners and individuals that are on LinkedIn that need your services. So it's really about examining what you're comfortable with or someone on your team <laughs> is comfortable with. And where are you right now, right? Most of us are on social media for personal reasons. Where are you flourishing just naturally and, and go from there? And it's the same with the type of content you, you put out. If people really engage with your blogs and write more blogs, if you see that you discover you're great on video, then put out more video. It's just really about examining what you're good at, what you're comfortable with, and where your people are right now that you want to connect with. So thank you. It's really good hearing from an expert on this stuff. So (laughs) Whitney, it's been really great having you with us today. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I am on LinkedIn. If you just search for Whitney Mendoza, I am there. That's a great place to connect with me. For Liger Partners, uh, we're on social media everywhere at Liger Partners and LigerPartners.com. Thank you, Terry. I really had a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Mambo. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, like, and share. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for my social media and contact information. Until next time, adios.